0: The Oklahoma Sooners dropped another close Big 12 basketball game. We got some NFL draft declarations and a couple visitors for the 2023 in the transfer portal. We'll talk about all that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners.
1: You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you go subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, we got a couple more NFL draft declarations to talk about and what they mean for the Oklahoma Sooners. We do. I've, was kind of hopeful, right, that you'd get good news on either
1: a Jeffrey Johnson or a CJ Colden, but uh, obviously now you get the news that both are moving on, they're taking their talents to the next level, which kind of makes sense obviously for both just given that, you know, this is not their first opportunity right in terms of being eligible to to put their name into an NFL draft so these guys being a little bit older uh, you know being on you know that into the age spectrum makes sense that probably they're leaning more the direction of hey I'm just gonna go and see a if I get drafted and then you know be where I get drafted and kind of figure out the rest later so wish both well first and foremost CJ Colden man really we know came on strong at the end of the season for Oklahoma after, you know, really just kind of being a spot contributor, the front half of the season, the, the latter half of the year, boy, he he really took flight a couple of interceptions in the final three games four overall on the year, six pass breakups. So he, uh, he was, man, really, really good for Oklahoma in the secondary. It's a legitimate loss at cornerback for OU. Definitely understand why he would be moving on John, but you're kind of hopeful that, you got that news with Woody, Woody Washington. We talked about it as much right here on Locked On Sooners that, well, if you could convince a C.J. Colton to come back and give it one more one more spin around campus would be great for Oklahoma. But, hey, get why he's making the decision. Wish him all the best. I think he's got a chance to be really good at the next level, uh, you know, in the right system with the right team taking a little bit of a chance on him. I think he'll obviously be later rounds type selection. But, uh, man, uh, disappointing for Oklahoma, but good for him.
0: Yeah. And the only way that he was going to be able to come back is if he got a medical eligibility waiver, um, but didn't look like he wanted to kind of take that chance and then be denied and possibly be late to, to the draft party. So he gets to start his draft preparation. Now a, a solid season for him, you know, the first nine weeks of the season, he only played in six games and only once got double digit snaps. Brent Venables talked about it throughout the year, just how arriving late arriving as a summer enrollee really slowed down his progress and, and his availability um, for the Oklahoma Sooners early in the season. But he did come on strong, you know, in the final five games of the season, averaged 80 snaps a game uh, at, at quarterback for Oklahoma. So he became a starter, uh, didn't start the season as such. But yeah, now he's now he's heading to the NFL. What does that mean for the Oklahoma Sooners? Now you hope that a guy like Gentry Williams or a Jaden Rowe can step up and take that role because we've seen Jaden Davis like an okay player, right? He's, he's a good enough college football player to get snaps, but he's not a game changing cornerback for you. You know what I mean? Like he's just a solid player, not anybody who's going to give you a lot of high highs. You may not. I mean, you're going to get some lows out of him, but yeah, he doesn't necessarily kill you so much. It's just, he doesn't really do much to overwrite some of the, the negative plays against him. But you hope that your 2022 uh, incoming freshmen from 2022, Gentry Williams, Jaden Rowe, take a step and battle it out this off season. And one of those guys takes that job and says, I am the other starting cornerback opposite of what Woody Washington, or you're looking at 2023 signees, you know, Jacoby Johnson or Macari Vickers or Josiah Wagner. I mean, it, it's not likely that one of those three guys could step in and become a starting quarterback for you year one. But again, you're talking about a couple guys or Jacoby Johnson and Under Armour, all American Macari Vickers and Josiah Wagner, four star players in their own rights. So the talent is there for them as well. It's just a matter of, can they get on campus? I don't have the early enrollee list in front of me. Can they get on campus, do enough to impress the coaching staff that they're ready for a big time opportunity. But really right now for me, I'm kind of putting all my eggs in the Gentry Williams, Jaden Rowe basket for 2023.
1: Yeah. You're hoping that Jaden Rowe gets back healthy quickly. And then, you know, both he and Gentry Williams can seriously develop. And just to the comment that you made on one Jaden Davis, we've, we've seen a lot, right. Of Jaden Davis. We've seen some good football at times from Jaden Davis. I just think, probably most Oklahoma fans and Oklahoma fans, right? They're not going to make the call. It'll be – it'll be uh, Jay Valai and the coaching staff that makes the call. But I do think most OU fans now, John, are are going to be of the mindset that, look, you went 6-7 and this season, right, in 2022. 2023, it's Oklahoma, so the expectations are get right back, win the Big 12 championship, go to a college football playoff. But there's also, with that expectation, the realization that, okay, if you are a nine-win team next season – folks around here are going to say there's some legitimate progress that has been made. And I guess with all of that kind of being laid out there, that this isn't the expectation going into 2023 based on how 2022 played out, John, that lends itself to, if I've seen you play before and you're a senior and I kind of haven't seen the total star power yet, I've seen some good play at times and I've seen some pretty spotty play at other times. There's going to be a lot of Oklahoma fans that look at that and say, you know what? yeah, I'm okay with winning nine games if you tell me that a Jacoby Johnson gets to play a, a bulk of the snaps next season and then boom, you're setting up for 24 or insert cornerback name here that's young to go along with Woody Washington.
0: And that's part of my frustration. And maybe this is a, a segment for another day of how they handled some of the the snaps for their younger players. In a season such as this, where you're basically just battling for bowl eligibility, you didn't give some of these guys... A, a lot of reps or a lot of run in some games where, I mean, yeah, you were, you're trying to win, you're trying to compete, but still a series. You couldn't give Gentry Williams a series in some games where you're like, Hey, get your feet wet. You know? Yeah. I I know you don't want to burn red shirts, but how often are guys sticking around four or five years anymore? You know, like with the transfer portal, with NFL draft, you know, declarations guys are leaving early. So I would have liked to see them get Gentry Williams, some more snaps throughout the season so that, they could go into 2023 feeling okay. Here's what we need to work on. Here's where you're doing well. But I mean, the guy's got talent. He's a, he's one of those guys that's going to play fast, play play heady, and I, I like the edge that he plays with and kind of some of the intensity he plays with. So hopefully, him or Jaden Rowe really assert themselves in that cornerback competition real quickly on Jeffrey Johnson, uh, just out of eligibility at this point. You know, came from Tulane as a grad transfer. And was a solid player for Oklahoma. You know, he's that one tech defensive tackle that's not going to get drafted really high, may go undrafted, but it probably looks more like a, a sixth or seventh round pick. But somebody who's going to, you know, play that one tech run defense kind of role for you. A guy that you're not going to give, you know, 20, 30 snaps a game to, but you need that guy on the roster that can just plug up space. Uh, everybody needs that guy, but he's not going to be a, a you know a legit pass rusher at the NFL level. And this makes the Isaiah co return so much more important. And then kind of all eyes now turn to Jordan Kelly. Like what's he going to do? If he comes back, then you feel a little bit better about your defensive tackle group with also Grayson talk. Sorry. Grayson Halton uh, coming in. Derek LeBlanc as well. Sorry. Grayson Halton here. Sorry. I'm getting all stopped up talking about Jeffrey Johnson leaving. It's just, just stuffing me up. Um, Your defensive tackle group looks a little bit thin. Uh, And, you know, a visitor that Oklahoma had on campus might be able to help with that depth a little bit. And we'll talk about that here in a second uh, after we talk to you about BetOnline.
1: BetOnline.net, the number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs. You've only, of course, got the one opportunity left in this 2022 college football season uh, to bet on college football with the uh, national championship game coming up Georgia and TCU. So take advantage of said opportunity, right, with BetOnline.net. Plenty of still pro uh, NFL games to to feast your fancy on in the uh, betting slate out there. But BetOnline, it's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information as we start transitioning into the heart of the NBA season, college basketballs, ramping up. So all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, eSports scores, and more, right on over there. Head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts.
0: So now, Josh, we're going to talk about a couple, you know, transfer possibilities that uh, are intriguing to the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, first, let's let's talk with Davin's about Davin Sears or Devon Sears. Uh, was on campus with the Oklahoma Sooners. Tweeted out the eye emojis. We joked uh, before coming on the show that maybe someone needs to inform him that we moved on from eye emojis and now we're in the lock era of recruiting. So uh, we talked about him earlier this week. I think you look at on the surface level, and his his numbers don't really you know jump off the screen. Being a kind of rotational player at Texas State doesn't really. Kind of su- surprise you or impress you so much. But you look a little bit at the context, and if teams like Penn State or Tennessee are interested, then I'm interested because those are two legit power five teams that are in the top 25 nationally of college football programs pretty much regularly. If those two schools are interested, then I'm interested. And given that Jalen Redmond's heading to the NFL, given that Cedric Roberts transferred out, given that Alton Tarber transferred out, given that we just talked about Jeffrey Johnson heading to the NFL, we don't have news on Jordan Kelly. You need depth. You can't be too picky about where that depth comes from. Is this guy going to become a star at Oklahoma? That remains to be seen. But given that right now your defensive tackle group looks like of guys that you feel are going to be players for you, Isaiah Coe and Grayson Halton. Now, there are guy other some other guys on the depth heart. Kelvin Gilliam has had some snaps, but you don't really know what you're getting there yet. And really, you don't really know what you're getting in Grayson Halton yet. So the one guy that you can kind of hang your hat on is Isaiah Coe at defensive tackle. So you need to find guys that have some experience, even if it's just Texas State or JUCO experience. You got to, I mean, remember, uh, who was it? Was it did Jalen Redmond come out of a community college? Am I remembering that right now?
1: Well, Isaiah Coe came out of came. Iowa, Iowa Western. So, and Jeffrey Johnson. Look, it's not a JUCO college, but Tulane is. You know, obviously uh, now, Tulane's had a heck of a 2022, but Tulane's not. You know, Power Five football. So, Oklahoma's been looking in places that aren't Power Five football for some of this uh, this defensive tackle talent. And the bottom line is this: to me, John, is obviously there's a need for Oklahoma. They they definitely need proven production, which is really to me what you're looking for out of the transfer portal in general. Right. Plug up a couple of holes from uh, just a depth, a depth standpoint. And then beyond that, plug it up with guys that have produced elsewhere that are proven players. Right. Don't just go get somebody out of the transfer portal just to have an extra number on the roster. Get somebody that that does have a little bit of collegiate experience and production behind their name and Sears fits that bill for Oklahoma, Oklahoma, assuming that, you know, things play out kind of the direction they're headed here. Who knows about a Jordan Kelly? If he makes the decision to come back, then all of a sudden it's just even more important for Oklahoma. But if Kelly's back, if Coe's back, even just, just those two guys kind of being the primary names that have really played a bunch of snaps for Oklahoma, there's a serious need for Oklahoma to have Sears come into the fold if they can land him. So the fact that you've got somebody, That is, is, you know, like a Jeffrey Johnson is leaving. Ultimately, that's going to help Oklahoma's case here, I would think, right? Tennessee, Penn State are both attractive options. But guess what? Oklahoma is a very attractive option. And the idea that, yeah, he could step right in and be every bit the rotational piece that he was at Texas State, or perhaps even more, John, at Oklahoma should be very, very appealing to him.
0: Yeah. And you hope that he becomes more than what he was that, you know, you see that continued progression where he goes community college, Texas state, Oklahoma, and he is able to play a significant role for you. And I just had this thought as you were talking, how, how much does it hurt that you missed out on Gabriel Brownlow low Dindy and David Hicks. And I mean, right now, I feel like defensive tackle and we've talked about this several times maybe, but defensive tackle is the place right now where recruiting Seems to not be going the way you want it to. Now, I like Ashton Sanders. There's a lot of you know positive feelings about Marcus Strong in the 2023 cycle, but you really need like a guy like Grayson Halton to hit, like, you need him to become a big time player for you. Not just a good player, not just a solid player, he needs to become a really, really good player for you because the future at defensive tackle right now is a little bit light. You know, you have Halton, you got Derek LeBlanc coming in but you really got to have those guys hit because that's kind of your, your future at defensive tackle, Josh. The,
1: the other name I'm looking at the depth chart as we speak uh, the, which we, we've learned, right. Don't take this depth chart as uh, gospel over here, but the, the depth chart for Florida state, the other name that's defensive tackle or uh nose tackles, Kelvin Gilliam, you know, Josh, Josh Ellison's obviously somebody that uh, entered the transfer portal, but uh, you know, Kelvin Gilliam of that, ilk like Grayson Halton to where you look at it and you say man one of those two John one of those two probably has to be a player for Oklahoma we haven't seen it yet and I don't think uh, you know it's still so early especially for somebody like you know Grayson Halton who was a true freshman but for, uh, for somebody like Gilliam next year's kind of the year right to where it's it's time to go make some plays
0: 100 percent and looking at adding guys who can make plays. The Oklahoma Sooners are dipping back into the offensive line market out on the West coast. uh, Bill beaten had a lot of success over recent years with Chris Murray, McCade, Mattire. Now looking to grab Walter grab land, Walter Rouse out of Stanford, Uh, a four year player over at Stanford started 39 games. Uh, He is planning to be a visitor for the Oklahoma Sooners. According to CBS sports, uh, CBS sports writer and two, four, seven sports, Josh Edwards, um, he is interested in Oklahoma. He's interested in Nebraska and Iowa. So again, a guy that's played a lot, has a lot of experience and was one of Stanford's better players, uh, on offense in 2023. Um, this is a guy that again, you're looking for experience. He's going to have that experience for you. Um, so Josh, what do you make of Walter Rouse and and just maybe the idea of landing him?
1: Well, I I think you described it well there that there's some similarities to players that Oklahoma's had success with in, in recent memory, you went and got a pair of starters out of uh, the pac 12 and they turned in, turned into definite difference makers here at Oklahoma in both uh, Chris Murray and McCabe Metaulier. So look, those guys were interior guys. He's obviously, you know, a left tackle, right tackle, whatever it would shake out being at Oklahoma, but Somebody that has upwards of 30 starts, it's similar to me of a McCade-Metalier because, again, Metalier at Cal had so many starts under his belt that even, even from, again, I keep coming back to saying a depth standpoint, having somebody that's played that much Power 5 football from a starting starting perspective is huge, huge if you can bring that in, whether or not it winds up uh, you know, this time next year if it's an Aaron Parks, if it's a Guyton. Right. Uh, Sexton, obviously, uh, kind of it sounds like that could be a longer term injury there. So we'll see what that means for uh, him, obviously, going into the 2023 season. But it's another position at tackle where Oklahoma absolutely would love to to bolster themselves with some help that, again, has that multitude of starts behind his name. So, look, I think it'd be great. And in terms of the schools that are on there right there on the board for him, I mean, look, uh, with all due respect to everybody else involved, I cover one directly. Oklahoma's the most prestigious of the bunch.
0: Yeah, 100% and the one that's had the most maybe Iowa's had good success at producing NFL, you know, offensive linemen as well, but Oklahoma's had a lot of recent success in getting guys to the league and has an immediate need, you know, with Jacob Sexton potentially missing some significant time. Walter Rouse, he's played 2,500 snaps, 2,552 to be precise, all of them at left tackle. Well, I mean, he's got the rare like slot wide receiver snap, but yeah, he's a left tackle. And so you can plug and play him right there next to Micaiah Matauer at on the end. Your left side looks really, really strong and experienced uh, for 2023. uh, Nice little duo for Javante Barnes and Gavin Sacek to run behind. You still got to figure out your your right guard situation with Chris Murray going to the NFL, and you feel like you're pretty good at right tackle with Tyler Guyton. So if you're able to land Rouse, it really does a lot to help solidify um, your offensive line going into next year. Andrew Rame comes back healthy, and and you're looking pretty solid up front uh, going into next season, which I think you need to. I think you got to answer that question a little bit because you don't want to go into next year with a lot of uncertainty, like next August, if we have, you know, three positions that we feel uncertain about at offensive line, then I don't think you're going to feel good about the season. But if you can land Rouse, solidify your left side, got Andrew Raymond center, and then, you know, Guyton that right tackle. If you just have one, you know, position in which you're, you've got a legit competition going on, man, that's, that's so much better for just continuity, chemistry, things like that helps your offensive line and your offense uh, altogether. So, Name to watch, Walter Rouse. Keep an eye on that one. Coming up, Deshaun McCullough, a 2023 transfer portal acquisition out of Indiana. He had a big year in 2022, and we'll talk about that uh, after I talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I've been eating it for two and a half years now. It seems like forever ago that I started eating a Built Bar, but absolutely love it. It's just Great tasting, 100% covered in chocolate, and they've got so many delicious flavors. And if you're trying to get on the right track for the new year, really try to make some healthier eating choices, Built Bar is a great place to start. Four or five grams of sugar, only 170 calories at most. Some bars even have just 130 calories, but it provides anywhere from 14 to 18 grams of protein for you. A great supplement for your breakfast, your lunch, pre-workout, post-workout. If you need the extra energy, the calories, Built Bar is the great place. It's the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. Great taste, great texture. Again, 100% covered in chocolate and with great flavors like peanut butter brownie, which is my personal favorite. Coconut almond is right up there, too. Again, so, so good. And then they've got built puffs, which, if you haven't tried that and you're a big marshmallow guy, you'll love built puffs as well. So go check it out, builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on and you can get 15% off your next order over at built.com. Sorry, built.com, not builtbar.com. But if you search builtbar.com, I'm sure built com will come up as well so josh Deshaun mccullough made espn's true freshman all-american team uh, after having a really strong season with the indiana hoosiers where he had four and a half sacks now transferring to oklahoma and when we look at answering the question of how does oklahoma fix their pass rush for 2023 this is the first name that pops into my mind Ethan Downs had a strong finish to the season. I really like the get off and the juice that R. Mason Thomas brings to the table, but this is the guy that I feel like, you know, people talk about Adepoja Adabari or PJ Adabari who just had a really good all-American game at at the Under Armour all-American game. I think Deshaun McCullough is going to be the more impactful player this season, just because he's more, he's more college ready. Like he's already got a season of college football under his belt. So if you're looking at, you know, PJ to make an impact this year, he might, he might have a really strong impact, but I don't think he's going to be starting. Like a lot of people are projecting Deshaun McCola, He's going to be that guy that we look at and we think that was such a key addition for Brent medical staff because it completely transformed their pass rush.
1: Well, if you combine McCullough, who again, is an ESPN true freshman, all American, always going to be a double a, a uh, true freshman. That's, that's. Huge news for Oklahoma that you're bringing that in. If you combine what he, I feel like, is obviously going to add to Oklahoma. I mean, this is an elite bunch of players. If you start scrolling through this list, this is uh, basically a who's who of guys that are going to play in the National Football League, John. I mean, essentially that's what this true freshman All-America list means, right, is these are the names to be keeping an eye on two years down the road for whatever that would be the 2025 NFL draft. I mean, a lot of these names are probably going to be selected pretty high in this draft. So if you can combine McCullough with uh, a PJ Adebarre with a Derek LeBlanc with uh, a Bowen and all of those guys are able to step right in and play and contribute and be difference makers immediately, John, I mean, we might be talking about overnight Oklahoma goes from six and seven to back to winning the big 12 championship and into the college football playoff and look out this uh, conversation that those two bozos on locked on Sooners had the other day about, can this Oklahoma team be, you know, the next TCU could be a reality, right? So, but I'm with you. It's more realistic to subscribe to the theory that McCullough is that guy to step right in because we've seen the production. He's already done it one year at Indiana, but start getting a little greedy and thinking that a couple of these freshman signees come in and can join McCullough in that respect. I mean, this defense might be vastly vastly improved overnight.
0: Well I think about it this way. Ethan Downs again just completed his first year as a starter. you know he was a rotational player his freshman year, got this became a starter this year and you know was good early on maybe not getting the production that you'd like to see on, on the sack totals, but he was getting TFLs he was he was doing his job well, setting the edge, making life difficult in the run game. But then at the end of the season, has a nice strong finish in the final three games with you know several tackles for loss, several sacks. Put and that's what you want to see like guys getting better as the season goes along and then starting to put that those the, the flashes that are on tape, putting them into production as you go into the offseason. Now you're looking at Ethan Downs, like, okay, if he can build on that, maybe he's a six-seven sack guy in 2023. Again, just a first-year starter for Oklahoma. And then you bring in a guy like Deshaun McCullough. I think the edge group is better because you have a more experienced Ethan Downs. You've got a more experienced Armason Thomas, one of the true freshmen that actually got uh, a significant run in 2022. And then you bring in a guy who's a ESPN true freshman, all American and Deshaun McCullough. And and now you're you feel like you're cooking with gas a little bit. The pass rush might be pretty good going into next year. If you know, Armason Thomas takes a step, Ethan Downs takes a step, Deshaun McCullough takes a step, all those guys improve, then you're looking really good. Actually, you're looking pretty salty. Um, but again, you got to see those developments take place and see how kind of everything transpires. Again, the other, the other part of that improving the pass rush is your secondary has to improve because you, if you're, if you're not making quarterbacks hold to the ball for more than, you know, two seconds, 2.5 seconds, it makes it really difficult on the pass rush. They're just not going to have the time to get there. So all of it's got to improve. But I think with a guy like McCullough, you're really going to start to see that Brent Venables pass rush, Brent Venables run defense kind of start to take shape this next season. We, we saw flashes, but I feel like it really gets more consistent next year.
1: It sounds like he can play all over too. Just looking at the statistics, uh, you know, and look, uh, just to give you a little bit of perspective on this, the ESPN true freshman, all American team, they listed him as a linebacker, right? But it sounds like if Oklahoma wants to, John, at times they can stand him up and rush him off the edge, right? Uh, Sounds like he could play some linebacker for Oklahoma. I've heard rumblings. There's some that feel like he might step in and take over Cheetah for OU. So, I mean, that's uh, some serious versatility, just the way that – different people describe or talk about Deshaun McCullough. And obviously, like you said, the TFLs, the the pass rushing skills are obviously there. That's been seen from day one with his six and a half tackles for loss, with his four sacks, with the uh, three QB hurries to go along with it. So, man, it's uh, – I, I I'm just excited to see where, where's he going to play for Oklahoma. There's so many different options, I think, that, uh, that you can play him at. And, you know, generally speaking, I think it's probably better to lock somebody in right i mean we what did we do at the end of uh last offseason? we got that news billy bowman's playing safety and everybody's celebrated right he's got his defined position they're not going to be switching him around moving him around here he goes he's locked in he's playing safety guys and uh absolutely probably that should be celebrated and that's a good thing john but you know a little tinkering a little tinkering to figure out where exactly is the perfect spot to play McCullough. I don't think that I or a bunch of Sooner fans are going to be too opposed to that idea either.
0: No, not at all. And one thing I wanted to look at while you were talking um, is just how often a guy like Deshaun White rushed the passer um, out of the Cheetah position because it, that I've heard that rumbling too, that they're looking at McCullough, McCullough to play Cheetah. Uh, Deshaun White rushed the passer 101 times this season. It was 12th um, on the Oklahoma Sooners. And, Again, for a guy that you know started for the team, played with the second most snaps of anybody on the team, that's not as much as I would like Deshaun McCullough to rush the passer. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think of a guy like Micah Parsons. Again, I'm not going to compare Deshaun McCullough to Micah Parsons right now because he just played his true freshman season. Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. He's proven that kind of one of his best traits is his ability to rush the passer. They line him up at linebacker, but they also line him up off the edge if they're not using McCullough in a similar way to Micah Parsons, where they're letting him rush the passer a lot that I feel like it'd be a bit of a misuse of his length and his talent, and his athletic ability. Again, we'll see how it all transpires, how it all plays out, but he's got the versatility and the athleticism to do a lot of really good things for you. But I really want to see him rush the passer. That's like rub hands. Let me see what they can do with him off the edge. Cause I think that could be a lot of fun real quickly, Josh, man, Another disappointing home loss for the Oklahoma Sooners, this time to Iowa state falling 63 to 60. And much like the Texas game, they had a chance in the final you know, few seconds to, to try and get something, you know, in the last 10 seconds of the game. Uh, but a failed inbound pass led to Iowa state getting the ball back and then being able to hit a couple free throws for the final margin. I don't know what to make of this Porter, Porter Mosier squad just yet. It, it just doesn't seem like everything's coming together and, Tonight, in particular, Iowa State did a really good job at taking away Grant Sherfield, and if that is going to be the way teams play Oklahoma, you know, for the Big Twelve slate, which I don't see any reason why you'd want to not try to take away Sherfield, it's going to be really tough going uh, in conference play for Porter Moser's squad.
1: I feel like this program is, you know, one 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 more good signing class, maybe two away from really being stabilized and they're, they're, they're close, right? Close, but no cigar versus either Texas and Iowa state who, Oh, by the way, big surprise here. The big 12 is easily the best basketball conference. Not even close uh, in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, nine out of the 10 teams, including Oklahoma, though, they'll probably drop. I would, I would imagine out of that, uh, bubble portion you know out into the first four the next four out whatever it may be in the next edition that we see from Lenardi Oklahoma was one of the nine in nine out of 10 teams from the big 12 right now and I get you know a lot can change between now and March when we actually have brackets in our hands and we're talking about who's going to beat which team and who's the Cinderella so on and so forth that's a tough league man to try and navigate in and I'm not hitting the total panic button on this Oklahoma team but I will say A couple of times here, Texas, Iowa State at home. And, you know, Texas might be a Final Four team. We'll see when it's all said and done. Same for Iowa State. They're both really, really good. Close but not quite able to get over the top, I think, is unfortunately probably going to be a familiar theme for this Oklahoma men's basketball team. And yet I don't know that that's the reason to totally hit the panic button just yet on this season. There's, you know, obviously they got to eventually, John, I mean – you you can't lose, I don't think 14 games and, you know, in big 12 play and get into the big dance. So eventually you got to beat some of these good teams to get in, but uh, I'm not totally sold on the idea that they won't be able to do that. I'm not optimistic about it either, but I do think that just the simple fact that we see Oklahoma, this competitive John against teams like Texas against in Iowa state, it bodes. Well, I'm still buying up all the stock I can in Porter Moser. I believe that the future is bright just has to stack a couple of recruiting classes again here together. Love what Uzen's doing. Uh, I think that we saw in this game, especially versus Iowa state, B. John Cortez finished with 10. I th- I think you're starting to see some of his growth, but man, it's just, this isn't uh this isn't, you know, the PAC 12 or insert other power five conference here. Right. I mean, this is tough to get wins in the big 12 right now, man.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I mean, tonight Oklahoma trailed for a lot of this game, but you you look back to Saturday. I mean, they were leading late against Texas and just couldn't hang on. It, at some point, you just kind of have to figure out a way to finish, and they haven't been able to do that. They've they've kind of had to be playing from behind kinda in the final two minutes, and that's not really working out well for them. Now they've been able to like, you know, overcome some you know small deficits in those final two minutes with some pretty incredible you know short. Uh, short clock plays if you want to call them that just quick plays to get buckets but at some point you do got to start winning games that sam houston state lost to open the season it looms large for oklahoma if you can't you know finish 500 or better in the big 12 that one might be the one that keeps you out of the ncaa tournament and that'd be two years in a row for porter Moser. and again it's still early in his tenure with the sooners and you hope that this recruiting you know the recruiting classes start to pick up and you do start seeing that talent unfold but yeah i mean it's it's not been a good start to big 12 play for the sooners um a a disappointing loss just a bummer to you have two home games you know one against two you know they're both top 25 teams and you have a chance to make a statement you don't get it done against texas can't figure it out against iowa state and you come up short
1: and oh by the way now all of a sudden it it, fortunately it gets uh, you know so much easier because you get to go to lubbock texas And then you get to go to the Kansas Jayhawks now. And then you got West Virginia and Oklahoma State and Baylor. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. And oh, by the way, your Big 12 SEC challenge this year is number seven Alabama. So, I mean, there's opportunities to, you know, quickly, if you win, flip this thing. And all of a sudden you're safely on the right side of the bubble looking in. just I think that the writing is probably on the wall going forward. I hope that this team continues to fight for Porter Moser. Some of the inbounds late in this game, I was a little not crazy about that. The pass from Cortez trying to look to, I think it was Jalen Hill late. Uh, You didn't have a timeout. That to me was a little bit panic city. I don't know what they drew up there, but it wasn't great. So for anybody that wants to be a Porter Moser defector, that would maybe be one of the reasons why is the, the inbound play there late. I could see where some folks weren't particularly thrilled about that. But ultimately, man, I do see the toughness from this team. They just got to continue to upgrade talent top to bottom, I feel like.
0: And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and over on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the show there. Hit the notification bell and so that you know when new episodes drop and hit a like button, go leave a five-star review for us over on Apple to help other people find out about the show. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer sooner.